I'm ready. Whenever All right. You are. <laughs> good morning. It's time for Two Guys on Sports. I'm Larry Hazier. I'm Dick Olson. Good, good morning. morning, Larry. Good morning, Dick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're so used to our, yeah. Inter- yeah. our introductions. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of stuff going on this mm-hmm. weekend. Uh, we're going to start with uh, eight-player football. Uh, the Thorpe Cardinals uh, making it to the eight-player uh, state championship after beating uh, McDonald Central last week, sixteen to thirteen. What a, you know, I said, Larry, this team has really put on. You know, eight-man is not something where you really think about defense, mm-hmm. but defense has really been their calling card in the yeah. playoffs. And they have went kind. Of, you know, you talk about going through a gauntlet. They went through Owen Withy, um, Gilman, and McDonald to get to this point. That's pretty impressive. Yes, it is. Yeah. And I I talked with their head coach uh, Keldrick Stokes and. Uh, you're going to see by just me talking to him how fired up <laughs> this guy is, yeah. and I'm sure he gets his team fired <laughs> yeah. up too for the state championship. But here's how the conversation mm. went with him. Let's take a look at your team now. Uh, if you could give us kind of an overview of your team, uh, looking on paper, uh, you've got a thousand yard, a couple of thousand yard rushers. You've got a quarterback that's uh, thrown for over 1,500 yards. Are you a team that likes to mix it up, or uh, what do we see when we see the Thorpe Cardinals? Well, when you see the third Cardinals, we, we, we're based everything off of our run game. Um, a lot of people know because I'm a former quarterback, they think I want to throw the ball all over the yard. Um, I would, would like that we didn't, if we didn't have to. Uh, we have a running back like Logan Hansen, um, Landon Pink, and then our quarterback is also running Denzel Sutton. We try to put the ball in their hands and see what we can get out of it. You're coming into this uh, championship game now. Coming out of a, of a conference, um, it looked pretty tough. I mean, you guys tied with Gilman for first place. Gilman was ranked number one pretty much all year in eight-player football. Coming out of that conference, does that help you get ready uh, when you come into the playoffs then? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we got really good teams that are led by great coaches. Uh, when you're playing teams that are coached by Robin Rosemeyer, Terry Lowby, Todd Detail, you got to have your stuff ready every week. you got to be on your P's and Q's about everything, special teams, offense, and defensively. So, I think we're battle-tested. Um, I think we, we, we showed our resiliency over the last few weeks. We're just a team that's. I think we're peaking at the right time. Now we look at your schedule here as of late, especially in the playoffs. You were able to beat a couple of teams that beat you earlier in the season. Yeah, I think we needed those. I think those losses were very uh, good learning lessons for our team. They're teachable moments. It gave us some things that I think you don't get in wins. Sometimes you win in, 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 in blowouts. You don't learn a lot about your ball club. We got a tough group of kids who can get over things fast. So I think those losses were blessings in disguise for us. So what was the key now? I'm, I'm talking about the Gilman game in uh, level two and then McDonald Central last week. Those were losses earlier. You were able to get wins in the playoffs. What was the difference in those games? I think we really worked on a lot of our tackling and just our leverage. You know, not just we're letting people get outside of us too much early in the year, and we have some guys that really said that's not happening anymore. We're going to do what we're asked to do, and our, our defense really, really got better every week, and that's a big uh, a big tribute to uh, our defensive coordinator, Josh Horacek. He was really, really stern on what he wanted done, and he didn't get away from what his, his scheme was, and he really bared down on those things, and our kids responded well. First time in the playoffs in eight-player football, and now you're in the state championship. Uh, you're taking on a Florence team that's uh, unbeaten. Uh, how do you see that matchup coming into Saturday? They're very tough. You can see it in the way they play. They play physical football. Um, they got a lot of speed on the outside and in the backfield. We got our work cut out for us. We got to play four quarters. We got to hustle to the ball. 
Um, they run some different trick plays and some different counters that we have to be very sound and disciplined. So I'm very excited in what we got going forward here, but we know our, we got our work cut out for us. What do you tell your team now coming into a state championship like this? I know a lot of these kids, uh, first time for them in something this big, this magnitude of a game. How do you get them ready? Um, just like we do every week. We, we always try and give you know, small battles. You know, hey, let's win this possession. Hey, let's win this, this, this quarter. And that's how we're going to do Saturday. That's our goal Saturday is to, hey, let's win the first quarter, and then we move on from there. Um, if we try and make it, you know, hey, this is the biggest game of your life, I think we're going to be selling our kids short and doing them a disservice. So our job as coaches is to minimize the magnitude of the game and, and, and win small battles. All right, Coach, again, appreciate your time, and uh, good luck on Saturday. Thank you so much for having me, and uh, go Cardinals. That's Keldrick Stokes, head coach for the Thorpe Cardinal mm. football team. And, again, they're playing in the eight-player championship. Mm. And, uh, yeah, he mentioned it, too, that the two losses that they had during the regular season, mm -hmm. they came back yeah, and beat those teams yep, during, yep, the, uh, during the playoffs. But, yeah, they really play defense. But, you know, they've got, they've got an excellent offense, too. You know, they averaged 238 yards a game rushing and another 120 yards passing. Uh, Logan Hansen, what a great season, 181 carries. 1,533 yards and 17 touchdowns. That's tremendous season. Yes, so, yes. But, um, um, both teams, Florence, uh, their opponent in the championship on Saturday afternoon, both teams in the championship mm. for the first time. In fact, mm. Thorpe is in the playoffs for the first time yeah, in eight-player. Eight um, I believe they won the 1993. I believe they yep. won Division Six. I yep. recall. And so. they're, neither one of them are actually strangers to uh, the playoff situation. No. Um, Florence was a 27-time uh, qualifier in the 11-player, and yeah. Thorpe qualified 16 times. I know Florence has had some tremendous teams up there over the years. I remember, um, oh, man, it was probably like 1989, they played Loyal at a sectional final up at, uh, at Wausau West there okay. and, and beat Loyal, a pretty good Loyal team that year. And, uh, but they've always had excellent athletics coming out of that school. So Yeah, so it should be a good one. Uh, mm -hmm. and we'll be there for it uh, on Saturday afternoon. You know, I, after last week's thing up at Boysville where we thought we were going to have a defensive battle. I hate to say this is going to be a defensive <laughs> battle, but but Thorp only gives up 17 points a game and Florence only gives up 10. So Okay, well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> but, but I hate to go out on a limb yeah. like I did last week. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get to that game in, in just a minute. But uh, the eight-player championship, 1 o'clock Saturday afternoon yeah. from Wisconsin Rapids High School on 92.7 FM WP. Yeah, that's kind of – I have never seen an eight-man game, Larry. So I kind of – I kind of watched some uh, some highlights of yeah. some games just to get kind yeah. of acculated to I'm it. I'm kind of excited to see this. So Yeah, yeah. the field is uh, a little narrower. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. It's going to be kind of weird because they actually go off a regular field, yep. but they have a line yep. drawn about yeah, seven yards in. Right, right. The field is – instead of being 50 yards wide, probably around 38 to 40 yards yeah. wide. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so, so it'll be a little different mm -hmm. there and mm – -hmm. Of course, not as many players on the no, field. No. And, you know, from what people have told me over the years, if you've got an excellent offensive line, you're going to do well. Yeah. You know, because, well, of course, that's any sport, but any to anybody in football, but especially in three-man, because if they can take out the front guys in front of them, there's not much left behind them. Right, you know, right. So. Yeah, you got three offensive yeah. linemen, and then, yeah. yeah, right, nothing much after that. Right. All right, so, again, uh, Florence and Thorpe in the eight-player uh, football mm -hmm. championship on Saturday afternoon at Wisconsin Rapids. All right, uh, getting to the 11-player uh, football. Mm -hmm. Now, we were up in uh, Boyceville mm -hmm. uh, the other night for Boyceville mm -hmm. and Edgar. And, yeah, coming into that Division Seven Level 3 game, 
everybody thought it was going to be a defensive game yeah. because Edgar had had the last nine games of shutouts, <laughs> and Boyceville only gave up 52 points yeah. total all year. I think, you know, you, we've talked about quite a bit, but the first two series were so big in that game. Um, Edgar stopped Boyceville, got the ball, went down and scored, kicked off again, stopped Boyceville again, and blocked the punt for a safety, got the ball. They were out 16 nothing before Boyceville really got their footing on the ground. So, so. Yeah, so. and, uh, well, I'll have uh, Coach Jerry Sins because I had a chance to talk with him, and he kind of yeah. talks about that game mm-hmm. uh, and the game coming up mm-hmm. here against uh, Bangor, and I had, uh, talked with him uh, earlier this week. All right, first of all, Coach, uh, congratulations on making it to uh, level four of the uh, football playoffs this week. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, let's go back to last week uh, in that game uh, where you beat Boyceville uh, rather handily. Um, were you surprised at the outcome as to as to the score? Uh, and uh, what was your take on that game from last week? Yeah, we were we were overall, you know, pretty much shocked that it uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was a game like it was because their defense had been playing good all year. I believe they had given up a total. Like 51 or 52 points coming into that game. The most they'd given up was 12 in any one game. And of course, we'd only given up 14 and had nine shutouts <laughs> in a row. And then all of a sudden, both teams are just flying up and down the field. Um, you know, they, they had a couple fast guys, they had a fast back and a very fast wide receiver. And uh, uh, yeah, we just got guys got out of position and. Uh, of course, the quarterback was very good. He, we only sacked him once. Um, we thought we had him sacked three, four times, but he'd get away. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, he had a good enough arm that he could, he could get the ball up and out. And and once the guy caught it, um, yeah, he he made some cuts, and we couldn't get a finger on him. Um, all four of their touchdowns were long plays. Mm-hmm. We hadn't given up a single touchdown pass all year, and we gave up three of them. Uh, <laughs> in one game so yeah it was pretty much a shock you know uh, we made a few changes this week that hopefully uh slow down that for this friday yeah i know uh people coming in probably thought it was going to be kind of a defensive game but it ended up being like you said a, a shootout yeah yeah that's that's what we thought i i would have i would have guessed you know uh 22 to 8 22 to 14 you know maybe something like that um Carter Butt had a phenomenal game for us. Um, he was just, you know, when sometimes running backs just get in a trance where they just run an instinct, and uh, and that's basically what he was doing. Um, he he broke so many tackles, I, I couldn't believe it. Um, mm-hmm. Hurdling guys, jumping over guys, spinning off guys, and uh, he he get hit four or five times. It seemed like on every play, but just keep going. Um, Ended up setting school records or tying school records in three different areas. You know, most carries in a game, 37, tied a guy. Uh, most yards, 317, and most touchdowns, six. And it, the guy he tied was clear back in 1972. No, oh, wow. First year that I came to Edgar. Um, his grandson is now a freshman quarterback <laughs> on our team. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you you move on here now to play uh, play Bangor, a team that you played uh, four years ago at uh, level four of the playoffs. But a lot of these guys uh, obviously weren't around at that time. They're playing now. How do you see that matchup with uh, Bangor coming up on Friday? 
Yeah, we've played them a number of times. Um, I think we played them in 16, we played them in 17, we played them in 19. They've, they've always been, you know, hard-fought, good battles. Um, interesting, going through the scouting report, their quarterback is a brother to the guy that played in 2019, their leading rusher and leading tackler is a brother to a guy that played then. Their <laughs> kicker is a brother to a guy that played then. I believe a couple of our offensive linemen wearing the same numbers as brothers in 2019. So uh, it, it's amazing how, how that stuff <laughs> happens. But um, they run the same offense pretty much like Abbotsford does or Eau Claire Regis does. Um, they just try to control the ball, um, keep it away from you, beat you up. So it's going to be a physical game. How do you get your kids ready now for uh, this this level of uh, competition now? You're one game away from state. Uh, is there anything you do different to get them ready for this one, you think? No, no, we don't. We go through the same stuff. We're hope, we always hope the weather stays good enough. We don't have snow in the ground so we can do the same things because I think as soon as you're forced to go inside, you know, your skills begin to uh, – you know, lesson, especially on things like punting and kicking and passing because you can't really do it correctly. So, yeah, we were happy, you know, to be able to get out yesterday. We should be able to get outside again today. Um, defensively, yesterday was a defensive day. We can't really simulate what we're going to have to try to do on Friday night because, uh, you know, guys just get too beat up in practice. But, um, but you know, other than that, no, we go through all the same drills and stuff. What's going to be the key for you guys to be successful on Friday? Oh, I think like always, you know, take care of the ball on offense. Don't turn it over. Keep penalties to a minimum. Hope your special teams can play well. They, they have an excellent kicker punter, this Crenshaw kid. Um, he booms the ball. He kicks it pretty much to the end zone all the time, and he, he booms punts. Um, he can kick, you know, field goals 40 yards or more. So uh, we're, our special teams are going to have to play well. All right, Coach, thanks for your time, and uh, good luck on Friday. All right, yep, thanks. I'm happy we're playing in Durant, where all my family basically lives. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, right. I have three sisters that are all retired living in Durant, uh, two, three brothers that live, like, in the Elmwood area, which is only about 10 miles away. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, again, uh, good luck, Coach, and uh, hopefully you can give uh, your family a, a trip to state maybe. All right, thank you very much. That's head coach Jerry Sins of the Edgar Wildcats, and I thought it was kind of interesting. Carter Butt uh, with a 317-yard rushing night. That was a record, school yeah, record. school record, yes. And uh, the guy that broke that he broke the record from was uh, on the first team that uh, Sins coach coached. Sins coached back in 1972. <laughs> and that guy's grandkid now plays for Edgar. Okay. And Jerry's still coaching. Yeah. <laughs> 49 years yeah, later. Yeah, he's going to get into great grands pretty yeah. soon the way he's going, but <laughs> – um, yeah, but is everything they said he was. Yeah, you know, and and of course he also had um, Edgar's only pass completion of the two at eighteen yeah, yards. That was worth it. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, Edgar and Banger. That's it's been a rivalry. Yeah, because not a big one, but uh, they have met three or four times in the playoffs, and I think it's about fifty-fifty, and should be a good game over in, on a great field over in Durand. Yeah, and Bangor, by the way, uh, beat Cashton, mm -hmm. who won that Scenic Bluffs yeah. Conference and actually uh, beat Bangor earlier in the year. You know, we've seen so much of that in the playoffs where teams that got beat in conference play have come back and beat that team in playoff action. We've seen a lot of that this year. So, Yeah, and, and you look at uh, Bangor statistically, mm -hmm. 
Uh, they are a team that really relies heavily yeah. on the rush. Yeah, 2,000-yard rushers and, and uh, very few passes. I believe it was like 40 or 50 yeah, passes, not many at, passes at, at, all. at all. So no. So. no. so that one coming up on Friday night. You can hear that one on 92.3 FM WOSQ. We'll be there for that yeah, one, covering do, it yep. uh, over in Durand yep. at uh, Bowerbilt Complex mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for that one. 7 o'clock is game time mm-hmm. on Friday night. Uh, in the other side for uh, Division 7, it will be uh, Blackhawk Warren against Reedsville. And yeah. uh, wouldn't that be something if Edgar and Blackhawk Warren yeah. hooked up again? <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah, that was a couple of years ago. And, uh, well, 2018, I believe, or 27, whatever. But anyway, Blackhawk Warren beat them down there. Six to nothing. Yeah, six to nothing. Final, so, yeah. Uh, those two schools are playing at Elkhorn yes. on uh, Friday night. So In Division 6, Grantsburg is going to take on Stratford. That game at Chippewa Falls. You know, I haven't seen any tape on Grantsburg, but, boy, their scores look like they're a heck of a ball club. and might. We'll see what happens, but you know, Stratford is really playing well right now, and, and you almost got to look at them. I think they'll win it, but who knows? We don't, we don't know enough about Grantsburg no. to say it. You know, that so. game, by the way, on 1450 AM, 98.7 uh, FM, WDLB on Friday night at Chippewa Falls. And just looking at uh, a summary of this mm. uh, matchup, mm. Grantsburg has been one of the most dominating mm. teams, winning all three games in a running clock fashion. Yeah, so. yeah I believe last week um, – uh, they played Cameron. I think it was sixty-one to six. Sixty-one to 20. 20, 61. I knew they put up sixty-one points. So, yeah, you know. So, so they're they're capable and, of putting. And, and Cameron was tied for the heart of the North Championship. Right. So, n- uh, not an easy task. So, you know, Grantsburg could be very tough. So. Yeah, and if they get by that one, they go to the championship mm. game in Division Six, and it won't be any easy no, uh, match there either. Kiwani and Darlington, two wow. schools with pretty rich football traditions there. So. St. Croix Falls in Division <laughs> 5. The Cinderella story keeps going. Yep, yep. up to uh, eight in a row now. So <laughs> I was surprised, you know. They not, handled uh, Northwestern. Yeah, not like that they beat them, but they handled them. You know, and put up 46 points. And, you know, and I think back, Larry, to the game against Nielsville, and you look at the chances that Nielsville had to, to beat them right. that night. You know, yeah. many chance and, and it just seems as the playoffs have went on, they've gotten better and better and better. So. Yeah, they take on Wrightstown Friday night at Rhinelander. Yeah, it should be interesting there. And the other side of that one, uh, Aquinas takes on Horicon Hustaford at Wisconsin yeah, yeah, Dells. Yeah, Aquinas with a big win over Columbus last weekend at home. Um, Columbus, who was the defending D4 champion, uh, Aquinas came in and looked like they handled him pretty well. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. All right, so that's Division 5. Division 4 will have Baldwin-Woodville against Lodi. Yeah, Baldwin-Woodville, kind of the Cinderella story here, but... We talked about this before. You know, uh, we should have mentioned, you know, like St. Croix Falls, we talked about that. Losing to Northwestern earlier and coming back. Yeah, and there's him. another one. You yeah. know, and Baldwin-Woodville against St. Croix Central. St. Croix Central handled them very well during the season. Baldwin-Woodville came back and beat them in the playoffs. Pretty good game here in, in Arcadia with them and Lodi. Yeah. Lodi is a team that many people have, were highly regarded before the playoffs started. So, And then, of course, on the other side, you got Catholic Memorial. And Luxembourg Casco, and that's at Kewaskum. So, yes. So. All right. Uh, in Division Three, uh, in Marshfield, this one is going to be yeah. Rice Lake is going to take on Green Bay Notre Dame. Yeah, Rice Lake is putting up the points too mm-hmm. here, big time. They handled on Alaska fairly easily, and Notre Dame is, was kind of a sexy pick by a lot of people before the tournament started. But on the other side, you got a couple of real Cinderellas. You know, you got a four in Grafton and a seven in Stoughton, <laughs> and Grafton beat a seven to get to the game. So, mm, wow! <laughs> but Stoughton was under five hundred, barely got in the tournament as a seven seed, and 
Boy, they're and now they're in D- level four. So well, if you like running, if you yeah. like the running game, then you might want to go over to Marshfield and watch that game yeah. because Rice Lake had three hundred and fifty nine yards mm. rushing last week. Mm. And Christian Collins of Green Bay mm-hmm. Notre Dame currently leads the state in, in yards rushing. Yes, he so, does. So, there oh. you go, Marshfield for that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Division Two, Wanakee is going to take on Kakana mm-hmm. and Sun Prairie East against Badger. Yes, in those uh, yep. semifinals. And in Division One, Kimberly takes on Marquette, and Hamilton goes against Franklin. Yeah, all big time matchup. That Kimberly Marquette matchup is a big time one, and, and say, as is Hamilton, Franklin. Um, Beat Muskego last weekend. That was a battle of the Titans there too. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, so some good matchups coming up in yeah, level you four. And uh, you know, no matter who comes out of these games, uh, there should be some tremendous games in Madison. So and uh, the state football finals coming up uh, next Thursday and Friday. Mm-hmm. They'll start with Division Seven at 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. on Thursday, and then Division Three at 10 a.m. on Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, divisions four, five, six, and seven mm-hmm. on Thursday. One, two, and three on Friday mm-hmm. of next week. Down at Camp Randall Stadium yeah, in Madison. Yeah, you bet. And on the state television network. Yes. So, so, yep. You know. Not on Bally Sports like they nope, have been you uh, bet. So. a number of years, but on the statewide network. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of the statewide network, champions were crowned in four divisions for uh, state girls volleyball this past Saturday. Uh, no real surprises. Uh, pretty yeah. much went as. Uh, pretty much Hoyle. Yep. You know, um, Wanawak. Uh, they had a scare against Fall River. They went five sets against Fall River though, in the in the semis, but came out and handled Newman pretty good in the in the final there. So that was their first ever state championship. Mm-hmm. And uh, how about uh, Saint Croix Falls? I guess that there was an upset. It would have yeah. been Saint Croix Falls. Yeah, Howard's Grove was going for like four or something. They were they were the four time. Yeah, they were going champs. for five in a row. With, yeah, and only one other team had done that. And I I watched quite a bit of that. Oh, okay. That was a real battle. Yeah, that was a real battle there, and it was fun to watch. And well, you don't see good volleyball like that a lot. No, <laughs> you, know, you, yeah, know, you get it down there at state, though. Wow, it's that ball doesn't touch the ground too oh. often. St. <laughs> Croix Falls, also their first state championship yeah. in girls' volleyball. Yeah, they're having a heck of a fall. Over they there. are. <laughs> yes, they are. It could, it could, it could continue. Yeah, it could get even better. Yeah. Uh, Divine Savior, Holy Angels won yep. in Division One, and uh, Xavier yeah. in Division Two. Yep, yeah. Divine, Divine Holy Savior was number one pretty much all season. Yeah, so, yep. so. I think uh, – Xavier was, too, because mm. that's their second straight yeah, as well exactly. in Division Two. All right, so uh, that's what's going on for fall sports. As uh, now, we now, now we can turn the channel and go into the winter stuff. So And the winter stuff is already starting. Yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, next Tuesday already, the girls, yeah. Hillsville girls are actually, at Athens. Yeah, and actually Saturday they're down at just a game field house for, right, for scrimmage. scrimmage. So, uh, and then Tuesday they're at a pretty good Athens ball club, and then Thursday they return home to play McDonald Central. So it's pretty godling schedule right off the bat for coach guyer's girls so. and we'll find out uh, <laughs> what he thinks about that season coming up next week he's going to join us uh, yeah which here on two guys always, on always an interesting one there yes so. yes yeah, yes so. all right uh with that we'll uh, go to where are they now here okay on the show? i'm going over to pittsville area and talk about brad martin and brad was a 1998 graduate of pittsville high school and brad was a three-year letter winner on the pittsville panther football team his sophomore year, the Panthers were 3-6. and six. Brad started at running back and rushed for 460 yards on 98 carries and five touchdowns. He also started at linebacker for the Panthers. He was an honorable mention choice at linebacker on the Merrillwood All-Conference team. His junior year, the Panthers were 4-5. and five. Brad rushed for 1,080 yards on 132 carries and 12 touchdowns. On, he led the t- uh, Panthers on defense with 112 tackles and two pass interceptions. 
He was first-team all-conference as a running back and a second-team all-conference as a linebacker. His senior year, the Panthers were 8-3 and three and qualified for the WI Division V playoffs, where they were defeated in Level 2 by Glenwood City. On the season, Brad rushed for 1,562 yards and 24 touchdowns, and on defense, he led the Panthers in tackles with 135 tackles and five pass interceptions. He was first-team all-conference offense and defense in the Merrowood and was named Offensive Player of the Year. He was a Channel 7 All-Star as a running back and honorable mention All-State and was selected to the Coaches Association Football All-Star Game. In the winter, Brad was a four-year letter winner on the Panther varsity wrestling team. His freshman year wrestling at 160 pounds, Brad had a 32-5 record. Um, he was Merrillwood Regional and Sectional Champion, qualifying for the WI Division III State Tournament, where he would finish third, losing in the state semifinals to eventual champion Ryan Hogue of St. Croix Falls. His just sophomore year wrestling at 160 pounds, he was 38-1, winning the Merrillwood Regional and Sectional Championships, qualifying for the WI Division III State Tournament, where he would win the state 160-pound uh, championship. His junior year wrestling at 171 pounds, he was 40-0, winning the Merrillwood Regional and Sectional Championships qualifying for the WI Division III State Championship where he would win the title at 171 pounds. His senior year again wrestling at 171 pounds, Brad was 38-0, winning the Merrillwood Regional Sectional Championships qualifying for the WI Division III State Tournament, again winning the title at 171 pounds. That year, Brad was also named to the 1998 high school All-American team. They still do that? I haven't seen one for a long time. High school All-Americans. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen one. If no. they do, I haven't seen it. So okay. anyway, so um, Brad's career wrestling numbers at Pittsville were 148 wins and six losses. Brad graduated from Pittsville in 1998. This past October, he was named to the Pittsville Athletic Hall of Fame. After graduation, Brad earned an athletic scholarship to wrestle for the University of Wisconsin. After redshirting a year for the Badgers, Brad transferred to UW-Stevens Point to wrestle for the Pointers. After battling injuries his first two seasons, Brad would be healthy for his junior year and have a record of 22-4, and and he was WIAC champion, qualifying for the NCAA Division III National Tournament, where he would finish fifth at 184 pounds, uh, earning All-American honors. His senior year, Brad would have a record of 24-2, and he was WIAC champion at 184 pounds, qualifying for the NCAA three National Tournament, where he would defeat Sonny Alvarez of Wartburg for the NCAA uh, Division III National Championship at 184 pounds. Brad graduated from UW-Stevens Point in 2004 with a degree in land conservation. Today, Brad and his wife, Melissa, and family are part of the family farm operation in the Pittsville area, which is a dairy, beef, and crop farm. Brad Martin, Larry. All right, Jeff. Transferring from Wisconsin, I guess he had a better chance. Yeah, there. yeah. It's hard to say. You know, maybe it wasn't everything he promised. But um, I, from a personal note, um, in those days, Nilzo wrestled Pittsville in a duel every year. Okay. He wrestled Ryan Hoffman for three years, and they had some epic battles. Oh yeah. But Ryan could never get over the hump yeah. against them. Yeah. You know, it'd always be like four to one or five okay. to two or something like that. But they had some epic battles, and. and uh, 
And uh, but Brad, Brad was a tremendous wrestler. Yeah, tremendous wrestler. Sounds like so, it. Yeah. yeah. So. All right, Brad Martin from Pittsville. No. Wasn't that where uh, that Hanukki kid? Yep, was from? yep, yeah, yeah. He came in after Hanukki. So, okay. Yeah, he yeah. was like the first. Yeah, he was the first one, and they had four-time a four-time champion. First, wasn't he? first four, uh, four, first four-timer, and the first one to go undefeated all four all years. All four years, years okay. in high school. Yeah. And it's something that isn't isn't done a lot anymore. No. Uh, we will should have one next year again. though, in the. Quite uh, Hopke from Amory. Yeah. He, he will go. Should go undefeated. I would if he somebody beats him, it'll be a shock to me. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on to college football, uh, the University of Wisconsin Lacrosse. Mm-hmm. Uh, they at least uh, win a share yep. of the WIAC uh, Pretty well got her locked up. Yeah. You, you know because uh, they would have a, a tiebreaker over Whitewater and River Falls, and you got to hand it to uh, Lacrosse. They went on the road and beat Whitewater and River Falls both times by a field goal. So yeah, you got to hand. That's pretty tough to do. So. Yeah, they got uh, Stevens Point this week, and mm-hmm. uh, they'll win the outright championship. Yeah, and they will be. They'll have the automatic bid to the NCAA Div- Division Three tournament. It'll be interesting to see if uh, Whitewater and River Falls get a shot at getting in. So I would th- think they would. Yeah, I would think so. Just on reputation yeah. alone. Yeah, they've they've both been ranked close to the top ten all year around. So yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, the second uh, edition of the college football playoff rankings are out, and uh, pretty much the same as it was last week. Oh, I'll stay holding on to it. You know, it's kind of interesting there. You know, a lot of people don't think so. Uh, I, I was kind of shocked. I was watching it that night, and Curve Heard Street, you know, Ohio State alumnus. Yeah, he thinks they're third behind Georgia, Michigan, and he thinks Michigan is the best team, and then Georgia. So I don't really. Know. Yeah. Okay. I, I was surprised to hear that come out of a. Uh, an alumnus from Ohio yeah, State, right? But, uh, you know, a, a lot of it is this, there's going to be some things settled on the field, though. You know, Ohio State's got to go to Michigan last game, of, you know, in a couple weeks, and we'll see what happens there. And uh, um, I would think Alabama and Georgia got to hook up in the, in the in a probably the SEC championship game, you know, possibly or whoever. Well, you know. some things could even change this week as Michigan yeah. is at Penn State. Yeah, absolutely. That's not going to be a gimme there, right. too. You know, and so. Georgia's at Ole Miss. Yes. So, so, yeah, Ole Miss number nine. Right. So, you know, if, if these teams are looking for a way to move up, yeah, that's the way to do it. So Yeah, beat the top ones. Yeah. Florida State seems to be sitting in pretty good position. They've got Miami, who's unranked this week, but they don't seem like you know, have a real big opposition down there. So. I guess I'm kind of surprised to see them in there, but yeah, I am too. Um, I seeing think as how their conference isn't as tough as everybody. I else. think Washington and Oregon are better football teams than Florida State. Yeah, you know, I yeah. think you know the Pac-10 is a little bit of a battle. You know, you got USC out there is playing well. Um, Washington State's playing well. Oregon State's playing well. So I don't know. So it's like I said. Hopefully, it all you know, and like Texas. Texas is going to stay yeah. as long as they stay under when the out. They're going to stay ahead of Alabama, right? You know, yeah. so. Well, I don't think Alabama's going to get in that top four. I don't think so. Not either. this year. Yeah, so, you know, they're probably wishing it was going to eight now. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, things will change yeah. next year. Saban will be whining though. Yeah. You can well, I'm guarantee sure. you that. Yeah, so, yeah. So. All right, so that's uh, college football. Uh, let's turn to uh, probably the biggest news before we hit the NFL. Yeah. Was uh, in Major League Baseball where Craig Council. Yeah. You know, the Chicago Cubs didn't have an opening until Monday when they fired their manager. Well, I said, you know, I told a guy the other day, I, the Cubs played this pretty smart. You know, they all they did since the season ever was praise David Ross. Oh, he, he's our man, and he'll be there next year. And, and they also waited till 
Craig Council's contract had expired, so they didn't have to ask for permission. So, Which was October 31st. Right. So he, <laughs> yeah. they, they, you know, um, the Mets, the Guardians, and I believe the Astros all asked for permission to yeah. inter- interview yeah. him. And uh, the Cubs didn't have to, and they played this totally the best. And once they had an agreement in place, they fired Ross, and oh, here they are. So, but. Well, I tell you, the, the uh, different analysts that I listened to, they are surprised yeah. that the Cubs paid him that much money. Five years, $40 million, $8 million a year. That's a lot. That's up there in what Joe Torre used to make from George Steinbrenner yeah. and, and not many other. Um, the Brewers offered him five and a half, and that would have made him the highest paid manager in baseball. Right. Um, the previous one, Terry Francona, made four and a half. Last year, that was the highest one last year. So. And, of course, he's, he's gone gone yep. from the Guardians. Yep. So, But, uh, yeah, I guess they're kind of surprised. Uh, Craig Council, they, they, I think I heard a, read a stat. He's 1-9 in his last 10 playoff yeah. games. And quite honestly, Larry, I think maybe, maybe both sides need a change. Hmm? He, you know, he, he, maybe he thinks he's went as far as he could with the Brewers. And quite honestly, the Brewers maybe have went as far as they could with him, too, because the last – few years in the playoffs has been nothing right you know and you know people are wondering how he's going to be you know accepted of course the cubs play the brewers a lot you know it's not like he left the team no uh yeah and went to another team his his uh contract was up yeah and the brewers made a lot of attempts to uh re-sign him but uh you know he wanted to play the field a little bit you know and set the bar a little higher and which he did and he you basically know, was a free agent. And, you know, hopefully, you know, the fans treat him with respect yeah. he earned. But, you know, right away there was some idiot that had to go put uh, paint on his sign at the Craig Council Park in Whitefoot Bay. Yeah, no. I mean, right away there's some idiot that got to yeah. do it. You know, I don't know what, it th- what he's thinking. but Yeah, he has know. every right to do what know. he did. And quite honestly, when the Cubs come to American Family Field, yeah, he'll get booed. Yeah. But not terribly because <laughs> half the crowd will be Cubs anyway. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I guess if you're Cubs, yeah, you know I don't. They're kind of wondering, scratching their head, why they fired David Ross. Ross I mean, yeah. I don't think he did that bad. No, of a job he there. he had them close to a wild card this yeah. year. Did they fade? They were one of the best teams in in uh, July and August. Yeah, and they kind of faded in September a little bit. Them and Cincinnati, but uh, boy, I'll tell you, it's we'll see. Yeah. They, they've got some good young talent, but so does Milwaukee, and so but. Uh, you know, I I really honestly believe Larry. Both teams need a maybe a change. So yeah, you know, so, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see, see who the Brewers bring in. Yeah, that'll yeah. be the big thing. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, there were some manager uh, mm-hmm. positions. Uh, Stephen Vogt. Yeah. Kind of an interesting former one there with Brewer. Cleveland. Former Brewer. Yeah. So, yeah I don't he think played he's, for played he for. Hasn't had any manager. No, right? absolutely. No. I don't. I don't know if he's done much coaching. You know, it's in he hasn't been out of the league year. that long. Yeah, because he played for Atlanta. A year or so ago, yeah. he was he was like the second string catcher in Atlanta. So I don't know who he coached. He coached a year, and all of a sudden he's a manager. Everything I've read, people have always thought he would make a good major league manager. Okay, oh, so, all right. So, and right. then uh, Carlos Mendoza hired yeah. by the uh, yeah. Mets, and he was on the Yankees staff. So, and then I just heard uh, yesterday, uh, later in the afternoon, Ron Washington okay. is going to head up the Angels. Okay, and Ron. Ron Washington was a manager. I, I'm he was not with sure. Texas. Texas. Yeah. And was he back there as a coach? Or? He was with Atlanta. Yeah, he was Atlanta as a coach. Yeah, third base you know, coach. I, I look for Atlanta's, you know, there's some names on Atlanta's coaching staff that could be in Milwaukee too. And one name that really pounds out to me is Kevin Seitzer. 
Oh yeah, he's a hitting sure. coach at, at Atlanta. He played for the Brewers for a while. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, that that's one name I thought. I heard the name Don Mattingly, and yes, I've heard that. I, I wasn't really. He did all right in Florida, but you look how they've taken off under Skip Schumacher down there, and you wonder. So. Do you think? Do you think a a, a seasoned veteran manager is better I than mean, a young guy? I don't know. You know, you got a lot of young guys coming in. Yeah, a lot of young guys. Maybe you know. I thought, well, maybe maybe they should look to the uh, the Nashville at Rick Sweet, who's been the national manager for a long time. Okay, coach, he's good. But Rick Sweet is 71 years old, yeah, you yeah. know, and I don't see him. Yeah. And I've heard name Pat Murphy. Well, Pat yeah. Murphy is in his, in his 60s, but I would more expect Pat Murphy to be Council's bench coach in Chicago, too, I would think. Well, now from what I heard today, all the uh, coaches for the Brewers are staying put. Okay. That's for what I heard. Okay. I so, hadn't heard that. Yeah, so. I heard that uh, okay, earlier so council, yesterday. You know, and most of them make sense. Uh, you know, the pitching coach, I forget his name off the top of my head, but he was he came up through the minors with all these guys. Yeah, so, right. so I knew yeah, I figured nice he would stay. I figured he would stay. Um, batting coaches have come and went there. Atlanta's manager, Snitker. Yep, his son. Yes, is another one that was yeah, mentioned. I, I, that was the name I was going to bring up too, and and the whole the whole thing is funny about this whole thing, Larry. Council is up for manager of the year. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but uh, the odds on favor to skip Schumacher down at yeah, Miami. So. Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah in fact, uh, Council's been up as a finalist for Many a few years, but three never times, won it. Three times he has never won. Never so, won. So, no, so, no. So. All right. Uh, also, news coming uh, this week. Uh, the NFL and the Packers announced Monday that the NFL draft in 2025 will take place in Green Bay. Yep. Uh, April 24th through the 26th mm-hmm. of 2025. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, big news. an exciting news. time, and that's going to bring a lot of money into the Fox Valley. Yeah, they yeah. said last year, or last April in Kansas City, more than 312,000 yeah. fans were there. Yeah, so you're going to figure probably every motel room from Steve, <laughs> maybe even Marshfield, all, all the way over. all the way east. Yeah. And Milwaukee up and you know and probably Wausau is going to be full and yeah. And that's going to be a great 3 days and what a chance to really show off the, the Titletown district and, yeah. and uh, Lambeau Field and uh, and it's this, this it's going to be tremendous. Yeah, so, it is. It's going to be a good time. You know, I don't I don't know if a guy should go or just watch it on TV but yeah, it could be. A, it could be, as they say, a zoo. Zoo over there. Yeah, yeah. You uh, think there's gonna be a lot of people who are gonna go that have never been to a game, probably. Right, you right, know, and yeah. then and then you have other teams, people coming in too. It, you know, it's from crazy. all over the you know all you the know, world. It's crazy, but yeah, looks like it's gonna be a big time. Yeah, so. this year's uh, or next year, I should say, the 2024 draft yeah. is gonna be in Detroit. Mm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, 2025 will be in Green mm-hmm. Bay. So good time there. Yep. Uh, Badger men got their season underway. Yeah, uh, with a win, big win. Uh, uh, Arkansas State got a um, Chucky Hepburn leading them with twenty points. A good start there. Uh, got a good test right away t- uh, Saturday night, hosting Tennessee yeah. at Cole uh, Center, and then Tuesday they go over to Providence. Out to Providence, so two good tests right off the bat for uh, Coach Guard and his crew. But, you know, I didn't uh, realize it, but they got all five starters back. Yes, they do this yeah. year. Yep, so. And brought in some pretty good talent too. So the depth is pretty good there too. So, you know, it's it's going to be a tough Big Ten, but uh, yeah. I think they'll be very competitive. So, and then we got the Packers yes. who uh, finally Yay. got off the snide, uh, winning one over uh, the L.A. Rams. Of course, you know people will say, "Well, it was the L.A. Rams," but hey, yeah. you got to beat the team that's in you front can, of you. You got to beat the team. And I thought their defense played extremely well. I thought 
Um, Jair Alexander probably played as well as he has. Yeah. And uh, the the rookie uh, is that Valentine. Valentine. Yeah. Well, I thought he looked very good. Yeah. He looked very good, and and I thought they tackled better, and and their up front played better, and um, Jordan Love didn't make mistakes. Um, they had a lot of penalties, a lot of yeah. I, a lot of stupid penalties. I mean, lining up twice offside on when they're trying to do their. Version I still couldn't of, figure out how how they're lined up offside when I, they look when they showed that. I'm yeah. like, I still don't understand yeah. what you're pointing at. And, and the first one he pointed uh, was Nyman, and Nyman was more lined <laughs> up in the backfield, which is also a penalty. But um, I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 you, a lot of people, you know, I've heard a lot of people say that it wasn't a penalty, and they had it called twice on them. So, yeah, so I, I couldn't figure it out, but. Uh, you know, for the most part, they stayed away from the mistakes, and and you know the offense is still working. But but it was good to see them getting getting the ball in Aaron Jones's hands. Yeah, yeah they got to get know, that running game going. Yeah, and uh, that helped a lot. And uh, a nice touchdown pass to uh, Musgrave at the end on kind of a neat play, a fake screen, and then him cutting over the middle. But uh, they go to Pittsburgh Sunday, so we'll see. Yeah, Pittsburgh is five and three, and they're yeah. right in the thick yeah, of it. They're, they're not. A, they're North. not an offensive juggernaut, but there's a pretty much you want to Mr. Watt and company is a very very good defense. Very good defense. Yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, so. Tonight, not much of a game on no. uh, Thursday night football. You know, I tell you what, Larry, the whole week is kind of not great. Yeah. <laughs> Carolina and Chicago, Chicago tonight. Yeah, and then uh, the best game I could come up with over the weekend was San Francisco at Jacksonville on Sunday. Mm, yeah, that's yeah, a but uh, that's a nice one. Sunday night, the Jets at Vegas, you know, and then Denver at Buffalo on Monday night. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but there was nothing to flex this week. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's uh, the Jets. Uh, Aaron Rodgers talking he, about. He's still hammering around. He's right back. You know, I see. I seen uh, pictures of him throwing. So he's walking around pretty, pretty good, good for yeah. having surgery on a so, Achilles. But. Yeah. So. Maybe Who knows? Maybe he's hiding the pain. You know, if they're close to a playoff, you know, at the end, who knows? You know, but boy, there's a lot of rust there, and you know, it's still tender. It's a good chance to hurt yourself well, even worse. And, and even with Rodgers in there, there's still going to be that offensive line. Isn't that good? Yeah, and why, why take a chance? You right. Know? Their defense is great, but yeah. boy, their offensive Offense. line is just terrible. Yeah, so, and he might yeah. get hurt again if he stays yeah. in there trying to do that. The announcers didn't seem too impressed with Alan Lazard the other night, too. You know, it's like, oh, yeah? he, you know, he just hasn't lived up to his potential. And, no, you know, so, but, no. You know, I guess you could blame part of that Rodgers not being there. But, right, uh, yeah. well, all them guys so, went over there, and now yeah, they're – Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't hear Randall Cobb's name too no, much either. No, so, no, so. no, no. All right, uh, anything else? That's, uh, just uh, NASCAR finished up their season. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Blaney winning the season championship, so that was – Back-to-back championships for Penske. Penske Racing was Logano, Joey Logano won it in 2022. So Blaney with a second finish, second place finish at Phoenix edges out Ryan uh, Kyle Larson yeah. was third. So, All right, so there you go. So. All right, so a busy weekend of football. Yeah, we'll for be me and you, doing some traveling. <laughs> yeah, we'll be heading over to uh, Duran tomorrow yeah. night for uh, Edgar and Bangor yeah. in Division Seven, mm-hmm. seven o'clock on 92.3 FM mm-hmm. WOSQ. And then Saturday afternoon, the uh, eight-player football championship at Wisconsin Rapids, 1 o'clock in the afternoon on 92.7 WPKG. Good luck, Thorpe Cardinals. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, great. It's going to be a great game, and they're hot. They're the hot team in, in uh, an eight-man. Yes, so, they are. So yes, they are. It's going to be fun to watch them. You bet. So. All right, that'll do it for Two Guys on Sports. I'm Larry Hazer. I'm Dick Olson. We'll talk to you again next week.